Hello, this is Bayo Fadjuba. We're so excited that you are joining us today. If you're a part of our DCH family, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you. Please find us on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, or you can even join us on our website at www.dch.church. We can also get you plugged in via the Church Center app where you can find our connect groups, upcoming events, as well as given options if you would like to help us spread the gospel of Jesus everywhere. I hope this word today blesses you, encourages you, and inspires you to greatness. Let's get started. Amen. Now we have been talking about love this month. Actually, yes, we've had only one service, the communion service. But this month, yeah, our theme is teach me to love. Teach me to love. And today I'm going to be talk, taking the topic, love is kind. Love is kind. Kindness is such a very, very key core attribute to us as Christians. But before I go on, I just want to thank my husband and our pastor for this opportunity he's given me once more and for all the time, every opportunity he gives me in life and in ministry. Please, let's celebrate our pastor. Please, let's do it with the whole of our hearts. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. So we're talking about love being kind. And you know, yesterday, I just asked my son in the car, I said, am I a kind woman? <laughs> As if I expect him to say, no, you are wicked. Of course, he said, oh, yes, mom, you are kind. Well, maybe I would have wished that she said, uh, that he said, oh, you are the kindest, test, 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 you know, to really reassure me that you are very kind. But we know that we all work in progress, right? Um, I don't know what my kindness co uh, quotient is. But I know that I'm still work in progress. And all of us are work in progress. And God is helping every one of us. So we're going to be talking about kindness today. There's a story of a cop I was reading about. This cop was very eager, you know, to do his work well, to please his police chief and all that. And so this Saturday morning, he was out there walking. And there was this guy that was speeding. And so he stopped the guy, and when he stopped the guy, the guy was like, he was in an emergency. You know, he really wanted to talk. And as the guy wanted to talk, the police was like, no, 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 no. From everything that I learned in the academy, you know, this is, this is tending towards aggression. He shouldn't talk, so he was not going to allow him to talk. And the next thing, as the man was trying desperately, you see, this is... He now puts cops in his hands, and the next thing, landed him at the back of his car and was taking him to the station. Of course, he got him to the station, and he put him in a cell. And then after putting him in a cell and feeling that, yes, one goal ticked off today. I have performed. I have really done well. This over-eager cop was very, very happy that he had um, performed. And then he now felt, well, this is a good time. I can now have a conversation with you. Now that you are in the cell, I'm here. So he now asked the guy, said, he was now telling the guy, said, well, you are quite lucky that today the chief's daughter is getting married. So he's going to be very happy. So when he comes, he's going to come with a lot of joy. So he's likely going to release you. Guess what this guy said? 
He said, I'm the groom. <laughs> you know, that is what some of us Christians do at times. We are over eager in our bid to please God. We want to take off on some of our religious stuff. You know, you want to take off on Bible study. You want to take off on church. You want to take off on prayer. You want to take off on fasting. And all the things that matter most to the heart of God who called us. Kindness. The Bible says that God is love. And we know from the scriptures that love is kind. But we don't do those things that matter most to God. We want to take off on all these other things. And that's why I also think of the story, the parable of the Good Samaritan. For some of us that know it, it's found in the book of Luke, chapter 10, from verse 25 to 37. And he spoke about a Jewish man who was on a journey from Jericho to Jerusalem. And he was caught by thieves and he was beaten and his clothes were torn and they left him half dead, almost dead. And then there was this priest that was passing by and saw this half-dead man that definitely needed help. And the priest walked by and went away. And then the next person that came was a Levite, a minister, to say. And this minister also saw this person and left without doing anything. And then a Samaritan. Now, Samaritans were the ones that were considered not spiritual. They were the ones that were considered not pure. They were the ones that the Jewish people looked down on. But this Samaritan was the one that stopped by, took care of this guy, took this guy to like a hotel, you know, maybe a bed and breakfast place, paid the person, the owner of that bed and breakfast to take care of them, and even left a blank check that anything that this person needs, I'm going to take care of this person. And you know, I was just thinking that, just like that, like, like that cop that we, I spoke about, he just wanted to tick off, tick off, tick off and do his job and do a great job. And he was not thinking of love. He was not thinking of kindness. He was not thinking of compassion. Maybe that priest had a pastor's meeting he wanted to attend. Maybe that lever, that minister was rushing so that D will not be mad, you know. But that person had choir practice to attend. And those things, all those things, we always consider them more important than what is most important. You know, in the church, sometimes we major in the minor, and we minor in the major. Kindness is a core attribute that we ought to have as Christians. Kindness is a core value of Christianity. First Corinthians 13, we all know First Corinthians 13. That's what talk, the passage that talks about love. The first part of verse 4 says, love is patient and is kind. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind to one another tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ Jesus forgave you. Now, it's all about little acts of kindness. Every one of us need kindness. Everyone. Even the meanest person needs some kindness. Nobody hates Anybody being kind to them? At least no normal person. We all can do with some kindness. And like a week ago, my husband actually 
just came back home with a bag of uh, McDonald's and uh, drinks and all that. I'm like, he doesn't, I mean, we can indulge sometimes, we can be bad sometimes, we can eat the things we know we're not supposed to be eating sometimes. But McDonald's is not really one of those things that we just go and eat and we say we want to indulge in. So there was a story apparently behind this um, McDonald's bag that he brought home. So he was sharing with us that he went to the drugstore to, to, to fill his um, prescription and he saw a guy that was like picking trash. It was in our neighborhood actually and normally we don't have see homeless people in a neighborhood like that. So he, he didn't even occur to him that this person could be homeless, but he was wondering why would, you know, why would a grown man like this, you know, just be picking trash? Anyway, he discovered that this guy apparently was homeless and he needed food. So he quickly drove to a nearby McDonald's. That was the closest uh, fast food store he could find and he got this guy food. But by the time he got back there, he drove, looked around everywhere. He could not find the guy. So he brought it back home. Of course, my son was like, you should have left it next to the trash. Why did you bring it back? He could have gone back there and he would have found it and everything. We said, well, that didn't occur to me. But definitely that was a teachable moment. And there were a couple of lessons for us there. Number one was gratitude. He's like, I mean, we're not better off than this person that is like picking trash. We ought to be grateful to God for every single blessing, for every single meal that we eat. We ought to appreciate God for his goodness in our lives and not take anything for granted. And of course, the, the second lesson was we have, we have to be kind. We, we, we don't just see people in need and shut our eyes to them or just walk past them. We do something about it, especially when we are able to do something about it. So as Christians, we ought to be intentional about being kind. It is something that we need to do consciously. Now, let's talk about, because this is a month of love, right? So, let's talk about kindness as per relationships. We're going to talk a little about kindness in marriage. But before then, before you even get married, at least you will, get mar- you will find somebody to get married to. So, I noticed that when somebody says, comes to you, maybe you're a friend, you're a mom, a dad, sister, and they say, oh, I have a date, or I had a date, or I have this new boyfriend or whatever. One of the first questions we would ask is, what does he do for a living? So we first of all ask that wealth question. Okay, what does he do for a living? And then if we are very good, solid Christians, the next question is, oh, so is he a Christian? Okay, say yes. Okay. So which church does he go? Okay, and then you answer. Okay. Which ministry does she belong to? That's the next thing you're asking him. Which ministry does she belong to? You never even ask. Is that, is that how the... Is fruit of the spirit belong to a ministry? Is fruit of the spirit go to church? It's good though. We know the benefits of all of us coming together, fellowshipping with one another. We're in church. That's why whether we're online or we're here. We're in church. That's why we're hearing this word today, right? We're encouraging one another. So church is good, yes. And it's good to have a job. Yeah, it's awesome. It's good to belong to a ministry. We actually need a lot of people here to do ministry at DCH. And, you know, we're just rebranding the workforce here called the tribe. Ask your neighbor, do you belong to the tribe? And if the answer is no, please tell them they need to sign up to belong to the tribe. It is very easy and simple. Just send an email to tribe at dch.church. Tribe at dch.church. Simple and easy. Okay, but 
let, let me not divert because I don't want to start talking about tribe today. So we ask those questions. And then the next thing, we, we, the next thing on our mind, we may not ask that one, but we may go and find out on our own. How does the person look? So that one, you know, it may be, depending on how close you are to the person, you may be able to ask, is he handsome? Is she pretty? But, you know, you may not be able to ask, is she tall? Is he tall? So you can just go to social media, just put the name, boom, boom, boom. If you are a research expert like me, before you know it, you found the Facebook, LinkedIn, everywhere. You see whether the, the person posted their image on LinkedIn and you've seen everything. Okay. But the core question of who this person is, nobody has asked it. So if you're a single man or a single woman here, you want to get married. That kindness thing is core. Kindness is what glues relationships together. Kindness is so critical. So if the man is rich or a woman is rich, but they are not kind, I tell you, they will oppress you with those riches. They will feel you small as if you are nothing. Ah, of course, the combination of kindness and riches. Oh yeah, definitely go for it. That's a blessing, extra blessing. But remember that the person that is not rich today can be rich tomorrow, right? Now, let's go to the spirituality question. Oh, there are so many people that are supposed to be very, very spiritual. But they are so mean. Some of the worst jerks in this world, they are spiritual people. They are church people. So, if this person is spiritual, you know, is a minister, man of God, woman of God, prophetess and everything... But they are not kind. They will manipulate you with their spirituality. That's how they will be using their spiritual power to be saying, God said this, God said that. And then the prophetess will always be receiving prophecy and say, this is what you should do, man. They will manipulate you. They will take advantage of you if they are not kind. So that spirituality cannot do it. And then the last one, the good looks. Ah, <laughs> He's a hunk. He's well-built. Six-pack tall, everything, all the dimensions, everything is balanced, you know, he's smart, his hair is, you know, he's, he's bald like my husband, you know, because that's the best type of hairstyle we have now, you know, and you have all those things. This man that is supposed to be very handsome, see, if he is not a kind man, all these things that you have seen, he will look like an ugly beast to you when he starts manifesting his wickedness. I'm telling you, you won't see anything fine about him anymore. And then maybe the girl, oh man, cutie pie, she's a doll, she's an angel, she's so pretty, she's so beautiful, hearty. Ha 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 By the time hearty starts her manifestation, her contention and all those other things, the Bible actually puts it in the book of Proverbs that it is better for a man to stay in the corner of a roof than to live in a palace with a contentious woman. So what it means is that that haughty, that cutie pie, that doll, that sexy, beautiful everything figure, ate everything, that man would prefer at the end of the day, instead of sleeping on a super king bed, with her, 
you know, by his side in a palace, in a mansion, in the White House. We prefer to go and stay in the dark corner of a roof somewhere where he cannot stretch his legs, where his whole body will be aching him, where he will be sweating profusely. Can you think about that? So this issue of kindness is so important. Let's consider kindness when we want to get married. And see, if you are looking for a kind person, you too, you better work on your own kindness quotient. You better let it rise. Because that person is also looking for kindness in you, right? God is love. Love is kind. Kindness is how we're supposed to be known as Christians. It's supposed to be a given. That's supposed to be our brand as Christians. Like, when you see somebody that is extraordinarily kind, nice, you know, helping out, giving compliments, helping to open the door, not being negative, being positive and everything, where the whole world is supposed to just automatically conclude that, oh, this person is a Christian. But is that the case? Nope. We can do better. I pray that God will help us in Jesus' name. So like I said earlier on, kindness is like a super glue for couples. Be kind to one another. Again, in Ephesians 4.32. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God forgave us. There was a research done by an institute called the Gottman Institute. These people have had this marriage thing going for like 40 years. They've done all sorts of researches on marriages. And there was this very critical research that they did to find out what it is that breaks marriages down and what it is that glues marriages together. And they said this, this was like the study over many years for many couples. So they, they tested out some couples and they saw that when one of them, maybe the man or the woman, is talking to the, the spouse, trying to get the attention, maybe asking a question. The partner that turns to listen to their partner and hear what they say, they would normally engage with them and come back with something positive, even if it's something they can't do. But if, as long as they turn towards them to actually give them attention and listen to them, those couples really actually turned out right in most cases. But they said they noticed that the couples where A is maybe husband or wife is talking to B and B is not turning towards them. They are answering them. They are not turning towards them. Maybe they are reading a book while they're asking that question. They are not taking their eyes off the book. They are answering back. Or maybe they are watching the television. They are not turning towards them to answer them back. They notice that in most cases, those partners, their marriages break down. It doesn't work. It keeps on breaking and breaking and breaking. Because what they notice is that the, the attitude, you know, and it's not, when, I, when I'm saying like this, is like it's a very minor thing. But this is something that maybe happens over and over and over and over and over again. So that's an attitude of contempt and disregard. And that is what really breaks down marriages the most. But what glues marriages together is kindness. Where you always want to 
put your partner first. You always want to give them attention. And kindness in marriage is not necessarily buying a Rolls Royce for your partner. You know, like for, for some of us, the cultures that we grew up in, the men, they considered kindness as when they dish out money, they buy lace, shoes for their wives, they buy tickets for them and the children to go overseas for holiday. Oh, they are the kindest. They can now be very mean, very harsh, every other thing. It doesn't matter. But that's not the case. You know, it's not the case. Kindness is not even in necessarily those big things. But just considering the feeling of the other person. Being sensitive to their needs. Not wanting to hurt them. When relating to them, having a positive mindset. You are not re relating to them or reacting to them in a way that you want them to be hurt. But rather, it is a deliberate attempt to never hurt them. Little things. Little compliments here and there. Little communications here and there. That is what glues marriages together. And more than marriage, more than even the husband and the wife, talking about the families. How many of us know that families are in trouble now? A lot of families... The family unit is being attacked. And kindness is what can solve some of these problems. And lack of kindness, whether deliberate or indeliberate, is what has caused most of these problems. I mean, I grew up in Nigeria, in Africa. And I thank God for my parents. They are the best. They are kind. But their own expression of kindness... If I express kindness to my children the way they express kindness to me, ah, I don't know whether, <laughs> I don't know where the family will be today. Praise the Lord. So, we have to be kind even to our children. Even in expressing discipline, it has to be done with kindness. See, many of us have spoken words to our children we are we're doing it out of love, like we always say. And it is true. Honestly, in our hearts, it's out of love. It's just that we didn't really know much about kindness and that kindness really mattered that much. And so some of our children, they are having to go and see therapists now because of the way mom, because of a phrase mom kept on repeating. Is your head correct? Are you thinking at all? And mom has said this thing a billion times. Are you thinking at all? And the, and the girl is like, she's thinking that she cannot think. And we don't know how these things affect our children. You see, kindness is so key, so important. I have a boss at work right now that I told my husband about him. I'm like, this man is so kind. He, he will never come at anything from a negative angle. Even if a person is not performing on their job, even if there is always a positive angle at which he comes. He never wants to embarrass anybody. You understand what I'm saying? It's like he always tries to cover for you. He always tries. It's, it's just amazing. I'm telling you. I can almost say I've not seen anything like that before. And it's working. You see, kindness is contagious. It has a ripple effect. And when the Bible says, be fruitful and multiply, it's not only about having children. 
You know, it, it, the fruit of the Spirit, kindness is one of the fruit of the Spirit. And when we show kindness as a fruit, then it multiplies. There's a ripple effect when we are kind. I was speaking to a woman recently who is quite close to me. She now has grandchildren, maybe about 10 or so grandchildren. And she was telling me, telling me that, oh, she has learned a lot. That she, she's a changed person from when she was raising her kids, you know, when they were much younger. That she's always so extra conscious of being kind to her children and to her in-laws and to her grandchildren so that they would always want to be around her. Because these days, if you are not kind, okay, don't worry. They will bear with you for, as soon as they leave. They are gone. You cannot force them to come and see you. You cannot force yourselves on them. Kindness is so key. So she was telling me that, ah, I have piped down seriously. I have calmed down seriously. I'm always very kind to them. And you see, kindness does not mean you are, not, you, are, you are always just saying only good things. If you see anything wrong, you are not saying it. No. There is a way to call out somebody in a kind way. Like Jesus did to that woman that was at the well. There was this Samar Samaritan at the well who had had five husbands and who was living with number six. Jesus eventually called her out on that thing. But before then, Jesus even offered a solution to her before even calling out that problem. And at the end of the day, this woman was saved. She was happy. She didn't feel condemned. You know, some of us, by the time we want to call out somebody or talk to somebody, the person will feel like they are the worst human being that ever has been created. But we can still call people and we can still correct people. We can still discipline people without necessarily making them feel condemned and making them feel as if there is no hope for them. We can all improve our kindness quotient. The first thing is for us to embrace the love and kindness of God. Because you know, some of us, maybe depending on our background, we just feel that, oh, that God that is a consuming fire. That God that if I tell a lie, he's going to kill me and all that. So we don't even relax and enjoy and celebrate and, 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 and recognize the love of God in our lives and embrace the love of God in our lives. And, and, and that sometimes affects us. And because of that, we cannot even show kindness to people also. So the first thing is to embrace the love of God. And the next thing is to spend time in God's presence, in prayers, in worship. You know, when you spend time somewhere, you start smelling of that thing. I don't know how many of us you've traveled. Maybe you traveled out somewhere and with your suitcase, and by the time you get back home, you open your suitcase, your suitcase will start smelling like that place you are coming from, right? And sometimes you have not even spent up to a week. How could just being in that place, the atmosphere, pick up that fragrance? But that's what happens when we spend time in the presence of God. We pick more of the fragrance of God, who is love, who is kind, and then it helps us to be more kind. And then when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, let's always pray for an infilling of the Holy Spirit. A refilling, infilling of the Holy Spirit. When we are filled with the Spirit of the living God, because the Spirit of God is the Spirit of love, then it is easier for us to love. And then there's something I do. I call it the kindness filter. So like if I know that this person has, this person hates me, literally I know. 
If this person had a chance to harm me, they would harm me. But then, I have the Spirit of God in me. I now put the kindness filter. I'm like, okay, let me just put that filter. The God filter. The, the, the God is love filter. So, this same person that I know does not like me, I could go and hug them. See them next time and just hug them. Because I know that God is love and I'm supposed to be kind to them. And then another thing, we're talking about how to, what the things that could help us to improve our kindness, to make us more kind. I, you know, as human beings, the Bible actually says that the heart of man is desperately wicked. So this is why the reflex, the natural reflex for many of us humans is not kindness. I mean, there are a few people that are always very, very kind. Like they were born kind. They were born into kindness. They are very, very kind. But it's not everybody, right? So especially when somebody is not being kind to you, the natural human reflex is not to be kind back to them. But what I do is I give it time. The Bible talks in Proverbs actually about hasty speaking. It says that do you see a man that is hasty in his words? There's more hope for him than for a fool. So we should not be hasty in our reactions because if we are hasty, it is likely that what we do is not a kind thing. And this I've done it many times. Like where maybe I wanted to send out a text message and then I have finished and then I just keep it. I read it and it's like, yes, this is the perfect message for this situation. But then I keep it, I don't send it. Maybe two hours after I go back to read it and then I see that I'm changing some things there. It's becoming more, yes, it's becoming more kind. It's becoming more kind. And then by the time it is the next day, there is no iota of unkindness in it anymore. So that's why we must not be hasty in speaking back, in replying, in sending emails out, in responding to text messages. And talking about even applying filters of, of kindness. Thank God for all the emojis and all the stickers we have these days. If you feel like, oh, this message I'm sending, it may not come across so kindly. You may just put one emoji that will just change the whole tone of that message. You know that some emojis can completely change the tone of a message. Just like a question mark or an exclamation mark can mean the world. So we just, it's just little, little things here and there. Because at the end of the day, you see, every one of us, none of us is perfect. Even when people have hurt us, even when people have done us so much harm, you don't know where they're coming from. You don't know who hurts them too. People say hurting people hurt others. You don't know how much they have also been hurt. So this is why we must step back and try as much as possible to be kind in every situation. We should try as much as possible to be kind. And then practice, 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 practice. It's that as we have talked about this today, let's practice more kindness. Please, as we are leaving church today, give a lot of people compliments. I'm going to be expecting a lot of compliments. And I'm going to be dishing out a lot of compliments. Right? So, somebody told me 
a few days ago, she was invited to go to a church. And she said as she, so I hope our greeters are listening now. <laughs> she said as soon as she got to the door, the greeters, she said she has never had those, those many compliments in her life. She was so happy. She said, oh, I like your hair. Oh, I like your jacket. Oh, I like your shoes. Oh, I like the color of your nails. Oh, I, I, I'm like, within seconds and minutes, they were just dishing out all those compliments on her. It makes you feel good. It makes you happy. It makes you know that at least there's something good about yourself. Maybe you've been feeling so bad. Just like a while ago, on a day I was feeling so terrible, so discouraged. And God just knew how I was feeling. And he just sent, he just sent people to, to, to just say some things to me that appreciated me. Somebody called me and shared some words with me. You know that, oh, God told me that this and this and this and this are going to happen in your life. I'm, sorry. I'm like, yeah, thank you, Jesus. The next thing, my husband's niece from Nigeria, whom I had, I had not been in touch with her at all for a long time. I didn't even know that she knew that I had a YouTube channel. She now sent a message to me on Instagram. She now had a screenshot of me preaching on YouTube. And she now said that her entrepreneurship, she was giving up on it completely. But that she just, and she prayed that God, please lead me to a message that will just help me and encourage me. And she said God led her to listen to that message. And she took a picture of herself, you know, the screen, me on the TV screen. <laughs> while she was watching it. And she said, thank you so much. I'm so grateful. Wow. That same day, an act of kindness I had done to somebody in Africa. And it wasn't even something small. But I didn't get any thank you. You know that you do something really and you are not getting any thank you for months and months. And on that day was the day the thank you notes came to. And the thank you notes came with a lot of benefits. They were saying that they got from that thing I did for them. That really encouraged me. You never can tell who is almost giving up on that dream. Who is almost giving up on something they've always thought they could do, but they've just given up. You never can tell maybe that compliment, that text message, that you can do it. That, oh, because some of us, we even have good dreams of people. It's okay to share it. Some bad ones, just pray. Maybe don't share those ones. <laughs> but you can just say something to encourage them instead of just holding back. Those are ways in which we can practice kindness and be more kind to people. In conclusion, there's a story in the Bible the story of Homer, sorry, of Hosea and Goma. I don't know how many people of us know that story. There's a prophet in the Bible called Hosea. And God told him that he should go and marry a, a promiscuous woman who was a prostitute. And he obeyed God and he married that woman. And they had three children. After they had these three children, this woman, it was like it was in her DNA. She was really... And there are people that actually have those kind of issues. And we're talking about kindness. So, when we see people that have those kind of issues, like I get a lot of people communicating with me and sending me messages on, on social media. And somebody, a lady told me that I can never keep faithful to any, any boyfriend, any man. And I, I, that my, my, my libido, whatever, is very high. And so I always have to be sleeping with, around with a lot of men. Yeah. There are people like that have those issues. And the, what we're supposed to do as Christians is not to condemn them or judge them, but to seek solution for them and help them and pray for them and guide them. Maybe it is therapy or whatever it is that they need to get out of it. 
Anyway, Hosea was married to this lady who was so promiscuous. And after three children, this lady went, left and went with another man again. And this Hosea went after her to go and get her back. And this man that she was with said that you have to pay for her. He's like, this is my wife. I already paid everything. This is my wife. We, I, we have three children together. He said, no, you cannot have her until you pay. And then this Hosea paid to get her back. And I believe that this story is in the Bible to show us of the love of Christ for each and every one of us. For each and every one of us. He's the one that created us in the first place. But we went our way. And then he sent his son to come and die for us. To come and pay for us again. Despite the fact that he created us, he owned us. That is the kindness of God. That is the love of God. Can we rise up on our feet? I want us to talk to God today. Let's just pray to God. Let's first of all thank him for his kindness, for his goodness. For his love towards us. The Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Like Goma. While she was still committing adultery, her husband went after her. Lord, I embrace you. I embrace your love. If you are here and you have not yet surrendered your heart to Christ, this is a good time to do it. This is a good time to say, Lord, I embrace your love. I embrace your love. I embrace your love. I embrace your sacrifice for me on the cross. I give my heart to you. I come back home with you. Like Goma went back home with Osea. I come back home with you. I know you are able to change me. I know you are able to transform me. I know you are able to give me everything that I need to succeed in life. Everything that I need to live the life of purpose. Everything that I need to live a godly life. Everything that I need to live a holy life. If you are here struggling with a habit, struggling with a sin, you know, you keep on struggling over and over again. God is here and his Holy Spirit is here. He's a good, good father. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. Love and I'm all It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am.
Father, eternal rock of ages, we just want to thank you for your presence among us today. We want to thank you for your love that is unending. It is endless. It is eternal. It is everlasting. It is unfathomable. It is unthinkable. Father Lord, your love is big. Your love is huge. Your love is great. Father Lord, we thank you for your love. You have loved us truly and indeed with an everlasting love. Even while we were sinners, you still loved us. Father Lord, we just want to thank you for your love. And we want to embrace your love today, oh God. Father Lord, we want to embrace all of you, oh God, today. All of us embracing all of you, oh God, today. Father Lord, we lift ourselves before you. Wherever it is we are struggling, we ask for the help of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask for your Holy Spirit. I want you to start asking for the Holy Spirit. If you have never been filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you know that God is able to do it. Start asking now, Holy Spirit of the living God, fill me. If you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, fill me afresh. Fill me anew. Be relevant in my life. Some of us, we are Christians. We are even speaking in tongues, but the Holy Spirit has no relevance in our lives because we don't invite him to anything. We don't call him for anything. We just go our way. Let's now give that platform to the Holy Spirit in our lives this moment. This one minute, let's give that platform to the Holy Spirit. Say, I put you right there in, in the center of my life. You will lead me. You will guide me. You will direct me. This is our theme in this year, this year. You're now God's move. As he moves, we will move. Let's put him in that place where as he moves, we will move. And let's position our hearts in that place that will move with the Holy Spirit. Let's make up our minds that we're going to start moving with him. Let's confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what the Bible says. He is faithful. Say, I'm sorry, Lord. I left you out of my life. I've been running this thing on my own. Now I invite you. Now I welcome you. Now I'm asking you to take over. Now I'm asking you to take the lead. Now I'm asking you to take the driver's seat. I will follow. I will follow. I commit myself to you. I recommit myself to you. Holy Spirit, help me. For those of us who have had, you know, so much difficulty in forgiving, Let's just start to ask for the grace of God, for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. When the Spirit of God fills us, the spirit of bitterness and hatred would have no room in our hearts anymore. You see, when we, when we have hatred and bitterness in us, we are the ones that we were destroying our own selves, not even the person we hate or the person we are bitter towards. When we have plans of revenge, and maybe there's somebody here that you have put everything out. You have planned it out, your plan of revenge. Please cancel it. It is cancelled by the blood of Jesus. Surrender to Christ because revenge is not going to heal that heart. It is only the blood of Jesus that can heal that heart. It is only the spirit of God in you that can heal that heart. Holy Spirit, we thank you for filling us afresh today. Holy Spirit, we thank you for touching us afresh today. Holy Spirit, we give you your place in our hearts, in our lives in our homes, in our families, in our marriages, in our jobs, in our careers, in our businesses. We enthrone you in our lives, Holy Spirit. We acknowledge you. From now on, we commit to you. As you move, we will move. Where you go, we will go. Where you ask us to go, we will go. 
When you ask us to stay, we will stay. When you ask us to talk, we will talk. When you ask us to keep quiet, we'll be quiet. So help us, God. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together for the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. Let's acknowledge the Holy Spirit once more with our clap. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for being a part of our message today. If you enjoyed the message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media. You can also jump on our website, www.dch.church, and click the given link to help us spread the word and the good news all over the world. Stay connected and God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you.